Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 230, opening weekend, Mississippi Public Land Turkey. And I am your host and the guy who has had a pretty nice start to his turkey season this year. So we are less than two weeks into turkey season in Alabama and in Mississippi because I now have been hunting two times so far this year in Mississippi, and I have seen five birds flop. It has been very exciting, to say the least, and I am riding a pretty good high right now, and hopefully that high will continue throughout the season and there will be no mid-season lull for me. We'll see. Only time will tell with that. But right now we are 34 days, 4 hours, 4 minutes, and 13 seconds away from the end of Alabama's spring turkey season. I told you guys I was going to bring you the audio of some of my hunts from this spring, and today is the first of those episodes with some audio from a hunt from opening weekend on public land in Mississippi. Listen, it's turkey season, and it's time to get serious. So I'm not going to play around today. Let's get right into the interview with my hunting buddy and turkey killer, Cameron Weddington, and I'll see you on the other side. 
Hey everybody, I am bringing to you today someone who has become a regular on the show because he was regularly involved with the show, and that is our former intern, Cameron Weddington. And Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm always happy to be on the show. I miss working for you on it, and I'm glad I could be a guest on it again. Me too, because that means that there's a story to tell. Yeah, I hope I'm a really regular guest on this show. I'm the one all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I hope so too. Specifically well, after Arkansas, hopefully. Yes. Oh man, definitely. If I'm going to drive eight hours, I want there to be some feathers on the ground when I'm through. Yeah, two two big piles of them would be ideal. Exactly, yeah. So you and I had a little trip that we went on in Mississippi, and it was yep. opening weekend in Mississippi. So Mississippi season actually opened on March the 15th, which is Friday, but you didn't make it down until late Friday night. Mm-hmm. And so you and I hunted Saturday and Sunday morning together, and we hunted public land. And would you like to just jump in and tell the story and then give your perspective of the hunt? Because I can't give your perspective. I can give mine. And actually, I have my perspective recorded because I did a play-by-play while the hunt was going on. Very nice. Yeah, I look forward to hearing the recording of the hunt myself. But yeah, I'll go into it. So you called me a few I guess a couple months ago, or about a month ago maybe, and said you were going to hunt in Mississippi early and had a friend down there that was going to help you out on some public land to get started. And so you went down there and hunted Friday morning. And I think y'all heard a few birds, but didn't really have much luck. And so I arrived Friday night to camp and threw my hammock in a tree with my bug net and got a little nap in because it was about 11 o'clock and we got up early the next morning and so we were the first people to where well actually we weren't the first people but (laughs) we were we were pretty close to being first I guess and so we've had to park a little further down the road than we thought we were going to and went in there and we kind of got us a little nap in the truck or I think you did because you know you'd already been hunting once but this was this was my first morning so I was a little antsy yeah you were jacked Uh, yeah I was pretty amped plus you Uh, had your coffee yeah, that coffee was stout. When I make it in a French press, it I can make it. it, it it's got a little crunch to it in the end. More of a, uh, almost like a taffy in uh, consistency. But it, it's really nice. Got me woke up, got me amped up for the hunt, you know. So anyway, we finally got out of the truck and walked in there to where you had heard a hen the, fall, the former afternoon, I believe, on the roost. So we went into where she was and sat down and waited for day to break, which I'm always grateful when day breaks on a new turkey season, just to know that I've been blessed to see another one, you know, and yeah, no uh, doubt. it's a, that's kind of a special time that first time of the year for me. And it was greeted to the early morning with some sweet yelps from a hen right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't very far, maybe what do you say, maybe 200 yards? I think she was a little closer than that. She was she was fairly yeah. loud. 2,550. So you told me to crawl on up in front of you to trees, and so I did that. And She was 
a very bossy hen. That was some. Yeah. I don't know. Did you record that as well? I wonder if you got. Did you get any audio of her? I have to go back and listen, but I don't think that I recorded that early morning hunt, or if I did, mm-hmm. I may have deleted it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it may not. She was, for a recording, she may have been out there a little bit, but man, was yeah. she bossy. She was really talkative and loud, and so that was nice, and you started calling, and y'all were kind of having a really nice conversation. I was sitting between y'all, and Turkey gobbled behind her on private land, and he was pretty good ways back there. Mm-hmm. And I believe you were the one that, and I, I was thinking the same thing that he's not the only one in here. I bet there's a you know a gobbler with this hen as talkative as she is. And so that flock of turkeys flew down, and we presumed were feeding off to the would have been our left, going west, I believe, and on the other side of a creek. So we went up our side of the creek, and the plan was to get in front of them. And hopefully, you know, call them in and there'd be two massive gobblers with that hen and we would kill them both. And as luck would have it, where we went to where we could see a field where we presumed they were going, the field was turned out to be about a three-year-old cutover. And everything leading up to that field was about as thick as a three-year-old cutover. Yeah, it was pretty thick. (laughs) We figured, I don't know if a turkey can walk through that. Yeah, well, and especially considering what the rest of the land around there looked like. I mean, yeah, you know, it was, that was wide open, big timber, and then all of a sudden there's this, what, probably a 10 or 20 acre bramble patch. I mean, it was... Yeah, I mean, it was nasty. Was I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they nest in there maybe, but I don't know about them just walking through there. And anyway, so we stopped. We had crossed the creek. We actually flew across the creek. We did some wing beats as we went across, and so we both flew across the creek and uh, got on the other side, and we called a little bit over there for a second and nothing, and then we moved on up the creek a little bit, and we were kind of, the creek bend, it ran into another creek, almost like a T, and we were in the corner of the T on one side, and we were just kind of sitting there. I think you were texting your buddies or something, you know, because it was Alabama's opening day too. So, you know, they were all texting and stuff. I think y'all were having a pretty funny conversation, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I was sitting there just twiddling my thumbs and started yelping a little bit on my mouth call and hit my aluminum call. And all of a sudden, there he is. Uh, turkey gobbles probably, I'd say, 125 yards. I mean, he wasn't far and he was down the creek on the other side and so we you know both looked at each other i start fist pumping because i'm amped that a turkey just gobbled at me for the first time of the year and we jump down in the creek and flip up there and we don't really know how far he is off the creek bank so you told me you know ease up you know where you can see and i'm just gonna stay down in the creek and call you know and so that's what we did and I believe while we were moving, he gobbled again on his own, which was a really good sign. Yeah. And so I slipped up to the top of the creek bank and was looking, and you called, and he answered immediately, and I could tell he was far enough away where I could get up on top. And so I scrambled up there and got on a tree immediately about 10 yards off the bank, 
And then I believe at that point you eased up the bank and sat down right on the edge. And you called and he gobbled. You were doing some real soft calling. Did you fly across the creek again? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. You did. Okay. So Andy flew across the creek again and started doing some soft calling, a lot of scratching in the leaves. And he, he was gobbling really responsive to calling and gobbled every every time you called about he gobbled and then he kind of went quiet for a few minutes and the next time he gobbled he had moved from directly in front of my gun barrel directly straight left and it seemed like he was heading down the creek again and was on the other side of a big kind of real thick bottom like almost like a ditch you know it was really thick it didn't really look like something a turkey would cross yeah and so I scrambled back to you, and we're kind of having a quick conversation about, like, what do we need to do? And you are you were kind of saying, let's get back in the creek, ease down, you know, around this big draw thing that he's not going to cross and, you know, set up on the other side of him and call. And we're kind of discussing what, what we should do. And then he gobbles again, and he's a lot closer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was when we said, he's coming, I'm going to sit down. So I ran up and sat down and he gobbled again. And I realized I need to move up to where I can shoot down in this bottom, you know, thing. Cause he's, he's coming across it. And so I moved up sitting right on the edge and had a pretty good view of the whole bottom. Now at this point, although it was very thick and he gobbled a couple more times and then all went quiet. And when that happened, I thought, He's coming. He's some, I don't know where he's going to come from because it's super thick in here, but I was thinking he's coming. And I believe you were thinking he's going to hang up on the other side of that thing and stay there. (laughs) And then unbeknownstly to you, because you were still, you know, what would you say, 30 yards behind me at this point? Yeah, I'd say I was a good 25, 30 yards behind you. So unbeknownstly to you, the turkey comes into vision for me. And he's about 60 yards in front of me. And he's moving from left to right at a pretty good clip. You know, really excited about the hens that were talking to him kind of thing. And so he was in a rush to get there. And so he's moving left to right. And it's so thick. You know, there's no way I'm going to be able to shoot plus he's 60 yards. So I'm wanting him to get closer and he's coming good. So he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. It's too thick to shoot. It's too thick to shoot. And before I know it, this turkey has gotten all the way to my right and is then going to come around and basically circle me and come straight to where you are, where you've been calling. Yes. And he's going to get around me. <laughs> so, Land. yeah, yeah, exactly. So Andy, you know, he told that turkey, hey, don't come straight to me. Circle around <laughs> and come over here so I can kill you. Because it was my turn to shoot first because you shot first in North Carolina. And so now you'll be up in Arkansas. But anyway, so this turkey is circling me, and I'm kind of stuck because I'm facing forward, and at this point the turkey is about 80 degrees off to my right, and he's about to get to 90 degrees. But I noticed he was going to have to cross a pretty good-sized ditch to get over to where we are. And I knew when he goes in that ditch, his head's going to be down below it. And at that point, I'm going to have to make my move. And so that is when you keyed in on the idea that something's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
because all of a sudden I'm facing one way and in a split second I'm facing completely to my right now. Yeah, you're about a, you made about a 90 degree home. move, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, if it had been more than that, I would have had to swap the gun and shoot him left-handed probably because I couldn't have rotated any more than I did. Yeah. And so this turkey comes up out of the ditch. He didn't see a thing, which is great because luckily the ditch was deep enough where his head had to go below it and came up behind a couple of trees and then stepped out in the open at probably 35 yards, I'd say, and had his head raised nice and high, and I laid the hammer on him. And that was the first turkey when I shot. I could see that my pattern completely engulfed his head. And that was the first time I've ever just very calmly unloaded my gun and slowly stood up and walked up there. Uh, Usually I'm in like a frantic sprint up there to put my foot on his head kind of thing. But this time I knew he ain't going anywhere. So I walked up there and he was flopping around in the ditch. He was smoked. Blood was everywhere. Apparently I'm colorblind, so I didn't know that. But you said it was. Yeah. And when I turn around, Andy's running up there and... We start fist pumping, get a big hug in, squealing like little girls with excitement. And he was a he was a nice two year old bird. Probably had you know three quarters to an inch spur. I didn't even measure him. And then he had a pencil beard that was probably nine and a half ten inches long, but it was yep. the thinnest little beard I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so he wasn't heavily bearded, but he was definitely a full grown, full fan, beautiful Mississippi gobbler. And if I could shoot him every day for the rest of my life, I would. Yeah, no doubt. And so I was able to check it off the list. And then we hunted hard the remainder of our time in Mississippi, but did not have any luck with Andy killing his birds. I don't think we heard one more turkey gobble Sunday morning, and he was about two miles off and in the exact direction we had just talked to some guys were going. Yeah. So we didn't really ever get to set up on another bird the remainder of the hunt but luckily i got my mississippi turkey in two hours on public land on my first time ever hunting in mississippi it's just that easy there (laughs) (laughs) did you you guys from mississippi hear that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know what these mississippi guys are complaining about i mean they're public land you just you just show up in two hours, you kill your bird. It's pretty easy. Just like that. Yeah. I don't I don't know what, I mean, it's just, you know, almost as easy as Alabama, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just, they just gobble so much and they're just, they're awesome. It's, it's fantastic. Well, you know, Alabama, yeah, so that was, Alabama's so ahead. easy because you get, the Alabama has five birds. For the limit, yeah, and so, so I mean, it's got to be easier. They wouldn't birds. give you five birds. There's birds running everywhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the main problem I had in Alabama and Mississippi is trying not to run over my limit while I'm trying to get to my spot. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a real issue. There's just, there's so many of them. You, you gotta, you're got you swerving all over the road. There's just gobblers die, trying to die every, every turn. Uh-huh. So that's just how – that was my experience, so – I think that I'm going to quit calling you the former Turkey Hunter Podcast intern and start calling you the current Turkey Hunter Podcast BSer. <laughs> that that would be a very very accurate title for me. <laughs> Cuz uh, there is nothing easy about Mississippi or Alabama. I got schooled 
killed many, many times in Alabama, and luckily I've killed one and I'm done with that state. But nothing easy about Mississippi either. That was just, we found the right bird at the right time, satellite gobbler that probably had just gotten kicked out of the flock and was very lonely looking for some girlfriends to keep him company. Mm-hmm. And you just don't, you know, that doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, man, it's nice because... You need those sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, there's there's a few things that stick out about that hunt to me, and one of them is that thanks to Scott McDonald. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got some amazing intel on where to go, spots, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not talking just hey, here's a good area. I mean, like hey, here's a they tree to go drop. sit on. <laughs> Yeah, Let there's me two gobblers there. roosted here. <laughs> yes, yeah. And Bradley Reed was a big help as well. And so with those two guys helping us out, they got us in an area that there were turkeys, and I actually hunted that same area that afternoon. I went in with Scott, and he and I made a big loop, walking through the woods and calling and trying to get something sparked on that Friday afternoon before Cameron arrived and made it back out to the truck. And there were still, you know, a couple of hours before dark. And so he said, well, where, where do you want to go in the morning? And I, after walking through this area and seeing just the amazing amounts of turkey sign that I saw, mm-hmm. I said, I want to go here. Yeah. So the amount of scratching was unbelievable. It really was. So I decided to stay in there and, Something I'm very excited about is that evening at about fly-up time, I was sitting on top of a ridge working the trumpet call Mm -hmm. and had a hen talk back to me while I was using the trumpet. Yep. So that got me a little fired up, gave me a little confidence. And then that Saturday morning, while we're standing in the creek bed and the turkey's up on the bank up above us, I used the trumpet caller and got him to gobble. And so that'll get your confidence up every time. Yes, indeed. So I'm feeling more confident with that. Another thing. I'll tell you, that trumpet call sounded good to me. And I, I, I have one myself. And one thing I've noticed with those is they sound weird when you're the one blowing them. Yeah. But when you're standing 10 yards away from the guy blowing it, it sounds very realistic. It has a very different sound than any other call. So I'd I'd keep whipping that sucker out. I mean, he gobbled at it and she yelped at you. So you had him convinced you were a turkey. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And what you said is right. When, When you're working it, it just doesn't sound the same. And for any of you guys who are, who are trying to master the trumpet or wingbone or cane yelper, any of those air-operated calls like that, I would recommend setting your cell phone to record, putting it down in a spot in the woods where you can find it, walking away about <laughs> 20 or 30 feet and calling with it for 30 seconds to a minute going back to your phone, stopping the phone, stopping the recording, and playing it back. So you can hear what it sounds like at a distance. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the difference in the sound that you have on your recording 
compared to the sound that you're getting in your ears with that trumpet or wing bone or cane yelper in your mouth. So yeah, absolutely, that's that's yeah. a fantastic piece of advice because it it is a it's like it's amplified with those calls that it sounds different when you're the one blowing it, but yeah. When you get out there 10 yards, 15 yards, it, it sounds really realistic. I mean, it has a, a lot of turkey in it. Oh, yeah. There's it's no question different. about that. Yeah. A couple of other things that stand out to me are that, you know, we were not in a huge hurry. We were in an area that we knew had turkeys in it, and mm-hmm. we more or less were hanging out in that area we had somewhere we wanted to go and check but it's not like we were making a beeline to get there and what i think is really important is when the turkeys are not fired up and gobbling every breath there's really no reason to be in a hurry mm-hmm. when you know and so that's why when when i hear people say run and gun i don't you know, by definition, what you and I were doing was running and gunning, but we yeah. were far from running. You know, we were more what I like to call stopping, looking, and listening, and mm-hmm. taking our time to get to point B. Because what else is there to do? We're we're yeah. in the woods for the day, and if it took and us, we know that the woods we're in has turkeys. It's obvious. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. And if it took us fourteen hours to get to point B. So what? There's no reason yep. to hurry. Now, when the turkey gobbled, there's a little bit of urgency. Yeah, but, yeah that added some, some urgency quickly. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, up until that point in time, there's no reason to rush. Stay in the areas that, that, that you know there are turkeys because you never know what will happen. And so this hunt is the proof in the pudding. Yeah. So... Mm. I'll tell you one thing, too, to reiterate that I thought was interesting is when we were easing through the woods and stuff, we we pretty much were, like, assuming the role as if we were two hens hanging out in the woods. We eased through. When we came across the creek, like, we flew across, you know, and stuff like that. That turkey, when we did our mock fly across the creek, he would he probably heard that. I mean, because we weren't far from him when we did that. And so that, in my mind, you know, he may have heard that and that kind of may have got him interested to start things off where he, I mean, when he hears that, he thinks that's turkey. Right. And that's, this is a public land bird. He knows what humans are and that just adds some realism. And then all of a sudden he hears that yelping. And so he gobbled at it. And then when you flew back across, I mean, to him, that means hens just flew across. They called to me. I answered them, and then they flew back across to me, so they're interested in me, you know. I just yeah. think that kind of stuff that you don't think, you know, you think in the moment when you're doing it, it's just fun and game. You know, like, oh, we're going to fly across the creek. But I think that could have made a big difference for a um, public land gobbler like that. It just adds the realism to it. And so what Cameron is, is talking about, we flew across the creek. So, of course, he and I wish we could fly across the creek. <laughs> But we imitated turkeys flying across the creek. And so how can you do that? Well, Scott Ellis talked about it in last week's interview. You can do it any number of ways. You can take your hat off and beat it on your arm. Like, and, and I have no hat on, but I still, I still have arms. So 
I'm going to kind of semi-imitate it, but I'm actually going to beat my chest. How about that? So you sound like a turkey flying across the creek. And of course, when the turkey flies across the creek, the turkey lands in the leaves. So if you can make a little leaf rustling sound, it sounds that much more realistic. And I like to kind of hit a few limbs. You know, I use actual wing and I'll, I'll kind of hit some small branches with it, too. Because, I mean, when those big wings of the turkey come out, they're going to hit little branches and stuff. No doubt. And I have one of Preston Pittman's flapping scratches. So he has oh, yeah. this little thing called a flapping scratch. And, you know, I, I could cut it open and know exactly what's in it. I have my ideas of what's in it, but it doesn't matter. The thing cost, what, 10, 15 bucks. And I'm not going to make one myself. So I'm not worried about the cost. I'm worried about the sound. And that joker sounds realistic. You can make mm-hmm. it make a flapping sound like a turkey's wings flapping, or you can rustle it, you know, kind of crunch it up, and it sounds like a turkey scratching in the leaves. And it's a yeah. great you... tool to use when you're sitting down and, and calling a turkey, trying to soft call them and get them to come in. Yeah, and you can so, sit it right there on your knee, you know, where yeah. you don't have to actually reach down and grab leaves, so you a lot less movement with that. That's exactly right. And, you know, for us right-handed shooters, you can put it on your left knee with the forearm of the gun on top of it and your mm-hmm. left hand right working in. that flap and scratch without hardly moving at all. And it's very realistic. And so I use that to imitate the turkeys, the hens flying across the creek. And okay, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the turkey killing story, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to do that, all you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter to the number 44 Make it one word. Do not put a space in between the word turkey and hunter. No spaces. And check your autocorrect because it likes to make that two words and not one. Once you text the word turkey hunter to the number 44222, I will send you some instructions that you'll need to follow. And eventually I'm going to email you a link that you can click on to create your username and password for the Podbean application and pay your $18 per year subscription fee for the premium content. Your $18 subscription will get you not only the rest of this week's turkey killing story, but it will get you all of the premium content for all of our past episodes. And there's probably about a 100 of them. And it will also get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. There is a good bit of turkey killing to be shared with you guys so far this season. And I hope and pray that it continues. And I don't think you'll be disappointed in paying $18 to hear all of those stories. But I know you're not going to be disappointed to pay $18 to hear all those stories and get 
almost two years worth of premium content. It's a heck of a bargain. There is a bunch of content locked up underneath the premium content subscription for the Turkey Hunter podcast. With all that said, I hope that you enjoyed the playback of the hunt. You know, it was nice to shake the rust off early. And even though I didn't pull the trigger on that hunt and Cameron would have killed that turkey without my being there with him, I have to say that I'm thrilled with the outcome of the entire weekend in the woods. Being in the woods with a turkey vest on and a shotgun on my shoulder was amazing in and of itself. When you throw in the bonus of a lonely, gobbling, wild two-year-old turkey, life is good, even if you're not the one who squeezed the trigger. Hey, before I cut you loose for the week, if you would do me a favor, if you would share this week's episode via the share feature in your podcast player application via text message with two hunting buddies, I would be very appreciative. Almost every single podcast player out there has the ability to share an episode with someone. And you can share that most of the time by text message or even Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or any other social media platform that you happen to be on. I'm only asking you to forward it to a couple of friends via text message, but if you want some bonus points, then feel free to post it on your social media pages, and sleep well knowing that I will not be mad at you for doing that. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again with some more turkey killing stories next week. Goodbye. turkey hunter podcast if you enjoyed the show please go on over to itunes and leave a five-star review and make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips tactics strategies and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds how to film your hunt and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.